It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Washington football with your host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell, welcoming you into today's episode. New and returning listeners alike, we appreciate you guys listening in to us. And if you haven't already, please click the subscribe button, rate, and review show when we're not here hosting this show for you you can find chris over the team 983 to 7 p.m eastern time monday through friday and on the odyssey app also covering your washington football team in writing over at si.com you can find me covering the tampa bay buccaneers uh, for the locked on bucks podcast and in writing for bucksnation.com part of sb nation also find chris on twitter at wrestlemania 621 find me at d harrison 82 and find the show at locked wft pod chris wrapping up the week we've got some news uh, and it's not owner-related, it's not scandal-related, it's also not quarterback-related, but it is important uh, and a topic that's going to come up as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft, affecting depth at a very important position for the Washington football team offense. Yeah, so David, as we talked about, you know, tight end was going to be a priority one way or the other, uh, but we didn't know if a guy like Jeremy Sprinkle was going to come back as like tight end three. And now we know that he's not coming back. He's going uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, which is an interesting little fit. Uh, he said, you know, on Twitter, a very nice, like goodbye to the Washington football team and, you know, for allowing him to grow and develop. And he goes and signs this uh, contract with the Dallas Cowboys, which we'll touch on in a second. Uh, but I, I, I think, you know, I'll speak for myself. I mean, I certainly didn't expect him to come back here this year he was phased out of the passing game which was different than under jay gruden and even bill callahan uh in 2019 and beyond that where he was targeted a lot more uh as a tight end but obviously they wanted an upgrade they thought logan thomas was that guy and they were right and jeremy sprinkle only got i think three or four targets and one catch last year but he actually got better as an inline blocker and as a run blocker which i think helps him moving forward it's just he never found that right balance i remember jay used to tell us and uh, i believe uh, uh i believe it was scott McLuhan, but i have to double check you know people in the organization used to tell us hey you know this guy could be a good dual tight end where he can block and he can be a weapon in the passing game and that never quite honestly fully fully developed here yeah and obviously now you look at the watch football team's tight end depth and i mean logan thomas you know sits up at top of the depth chart but then projecting behind him you've got a group of guys but you know between tamaric hemingway marcus baugh tyrone swoops thaddeus moss uh, i mean me personally like marcus baugh has a little bit of name recognition because he's an ohio state buckeye thaddeus moss has the lsu ties and of course is randy moss's son yep. but beyond that i mean you don't really have anybody that you can just say boom that's your number two tight end so you're good to go to go into the season so obviously this leans towards the nfl draft being someplace uh that that the Washington football team is going to have to address this position unless you know, a team we've talked about here, I've talked about over Locked on Bucks, unless the team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers does actually decide to go ahead and move either O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait, and Washington football team is the team that comes in with the draft capital necessary to pull one of those players away from them. I don't know if that's going to happen, 
So other than that, we're looking at the NFL draft, and I understand that you have taken a look at some of the prospects that they could target in, in the end of this month. Right, yeah. So, I, And there are a couple of veterans. You mentioned O.J. Howard. Zach Ertz is also available via trade. Uh, I guess David Njoku is available via trade, but so far nothing on that front. So if you're looking at the draft, I, mean, I, I took a look at six tight ends that I think could all go in the first, you know, three top, you know, four rounds. So maybe, uh, you, you know, maybe the one or two might last into day three. We don't know. But Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, um, Brevin Jordan from Miami, Tommy Tremble uh, from Notre Dame. David, I thought he was the best all-around tight end in terms of like the, the package that you're ideally looking for, a guy with some athleticism, a guy who could catch the rock, but also a very willing and explosive blocker. Now, granted, I didn't watch game game film uh, of Friar Muth and, uh, you know, Brevin Jordan, but they're not known as blockers per se. They're more pass catchers, right? Uh, Kenny Yaboa from Old Miss, a uh, Tony Pulgin from uh, Virginia who came over from Central Michigan, who's like 6'7 and 270. I mean, that that tells you he can probably block. I just haven't seen him enough in that role. Hunter Long from Boston College was another. I don't think he can block very much at all from uh, the little bit that I've seen. But I do think he's a high-volume catcher. So, you know, I know I just threw out six names for you. Um, but the bottom line is I think Washington would probably be looking for somebody that can do – more than just catch the rock that's important but they also have to have somebody that can do some of the dirty work yeah i mean i think that's that's incredibly important as you look at the the evolution of the tight end position i mean for a little while you had kind of a spurt and a run there where you had guys who really only caught the ball and that was kind of the flavor of the month but that didn't really stick around because the more and more we've seen the passing game become so important to nfl offenses the more and more we've seen pass rushes become even more potent, creative, and effective for NFL defense. So now you need that tight end who, yes, can go out there and run routes and can catch some some passes for you, uh, just like Rob Gronkowski did in the Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But when you go back before the Super Bowl into the NFC Championship game, divisional round, playoffs, and then even in the regular season, you see that Rob Gronkowski really had a lot of his great success for the team as a as an inline blocker. And go back to that game against the Washington football team and against that defense, Rob Gronkowski played more snaps as a blocker in that game than he did in most of the regular season games. So it just kind of shows you that when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came up against uh, a pass rush, an effective pass rush, because not every team has one of those, but when they came up against Washington football, they came up against Chase Young and that pass rush. A lot was said that Chase Young didn't do a whole lot in his first playoff game, but that's because the Buccaneers were able to have a tight end that could stay in line and help neutralize Chase Young as much as possible so they get in uh, to that next round of the playoffs. So that's going to be extremely important. So those guys, when you're looking at prospects in the draft, the guys that can catch are going to be sexy. They're going to have more highlights, but the guys that can also block or at least show the potential to be able to develop a blocking part of their game are going to be the ones that are probably most attractive to NFL teams and when you talk about the NFL draft of course not a lot of tight ends that are, that are being talked about in the first round except for the one who's going to go near the top of the first round we just got to figure out where you're going to have a lot of prop bets to go along with that and a lot of predictions you can make on day one two and three if you want to make some money on those turn your predictions into cash potentially all you got to do is head over to betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action because the football games might be over but the draft is coming NBA is still in action. Hockey's got games coming. Major League Baseball is underway. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with all the real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. They've got you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
when you make your first deposit at betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast with the Odyssey app and wherever you get podcasts like the Washington football team podcast. Back with David Harrison right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Great to have you with us as we close out another week, David. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to close out this week in the fashion that we've actually gone along with the rest of the week. And that is with another portion of your interview, Chris, with former Washington quarterback, John Beck. Continuing that conversation, a lot of good stuff coming out between the two of you. We've got even more coming next week. So all of our listeners should be coming back to listen to even more of that conversation. But for now, let's listen into this next segment. Right. So you come in late. Uh, I guess it was late August, right? Or, or whatever it was yeah, in but- 2010. And, and I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I knew your name. I knew you were a second round pick, you know, but here you are. And wait, Donovan McNabb's here and Rex Grossman's. Eight. Like, what are you thinking during all that time? So I'm going to even back up on the Ravens before that, because going into that offseason, uh, the Baltimore Ravens were having me and Troy Smith compete to be the two, right? So right. I'm, I'm super excited for that opportunity, you know, me and Troy both knew whoever is the backup to Joe, if Joe goes down, this is a, this is a playoff caliber, potentially Super Bowl caliber Baltimore Ravens team. Mm-hmm. So we were both very excited to have that opportunity to compete, right? And the weird thing was, I mean, it's not weird. It, like, it's football. It's pro football, right? So you go into camp, and they decide to bring Mark Bulger on instead. And they tell us when OTAs ended, hey, the competition was great. We really enjoy this. Like competition's going to go into camp. Great. That, that's the plan uh, because we want to see you guys play preseason games. Somewhere between OTAs and camp, they bring in Mark Bolger, and I get it. They say, we believe we're a Super Bowl team. If we're in the playoffs and something is to happen to Joe, we want somebody that's played in the playoffs. And so they made a decision, right? So you're left in camp. I'm showing up at camp. What was what I thought was going to be a camp to compete to be Joe's backup turned into but what's going to happen now? Because I mean, Mark's here, right? And what's going to happen to me and Troy? Uh, so to get the phone call uh, saying, Hey, you got traded. Ozzie Newsom came on the field and said, Hey, John, we traded you. We traded you to Washington uh, to get on the call with Mike and basically say, Hey, I'll see you down here tonight. I'm driving down, get to my office. Like, let's talk. That was awesome. Uh, there, there's a backstory there, you know, growing up, a quarterback, right? We all kind of idolize certain quarterbacks and being in the West coast, having Denver close by was always well aware of of, of John Elway and the things he's doing was well aware of Mike Shanahan. And when I was coming out of my draft year, word had got back to me that Mike Shanahan was high on me, but they had taken Jay Cutler the following year, but that both Kyle and Mike 
were high on me. And it's just, you know, it's good to know those things because you always hear those stories in the leaks, how things circle back. Well, the other thing that people don't know was I had this book uh, all about details and leadership that, that Mike Shannon, it was a book of Mike. And I had all these things highlighted in college. I just admired him so much. Um, and then the ties to Steve Young, Steve being a former BYU guy, mm-hmm. Niners, like those ties as well. And he, Steve used to say, man, like if you could end up with Mike, I think it'd be a great fit. So all of a sudden now going to where you started the story here, I get this, you know, Hey, you're traded. You're going to go be with Mike Shanahan, Kyle right. Shanahan. I'm thinking like, so you're pumped. No, this is amazing. Right. Like yeah. this is great. And I get there and I, I'm in coach's office and he says, I watched what happened in Miami. I watched them take you high in the second round. I saw the mess that there was that year. And I saw how the new, you know, the, like the new regime came in, new president, new GM, new owner, and, and, and you got lost. So I had my eye on you the whole time. And I knew that when I became the coach, I was going to try to go grab you if I could. So I'm thinking this is, this is awesome, right? But at the same time, I'm brought in, like, I want to say it was like the beginning of the week or like the weekend before the first preseason game. Well, Kyle and Matt LaFleur are like, look, we don't really have time. Like we, we've already gone through all the installs. Like you missed OTAs. You missed basically the installation period of training camp. We like, we need you to do this on your own. So I got a set of DVDs that Kyle had made and I would just go to my hotel room at night and try to put in extra time. And then Matt was really cool. He would say, look, come before meetings and I'll go over with you all the plays that are going to be your reps at practice. So you know what you're doing. So it was like a whirlwind, right? Like I'm trying to learn an offense. I'm trying to forget the offense. I just came in and I'm going to camp. Right. And I wondered, you know, like what's going to happen. Right. And Donovan, I don't remember what, what like week it was, but he signed that like extension. Right. And I, I know it was like a little bit of a, um, like a money thing, I think, but Donovan at the end of the year signed something, but then Rex becomes the starting quarterback to finish the year. And then at practices, it was kind of interesting because, you know, Donovan's there, but he's not getting reps. And then when that off season happened, uh, you know, then it looked like there was going to be an opportunity to compete. And Mike was very open with, the, with, with me. And I didn't share a lot of the conversations, right? I know, the media at that time wondered why in the world is this guy thinking this or how can he, you know, I just didn't share a lot of the conversations that were going on behind closed doors, right. Or what what was happening at the facility, but it was definitely exciting to have an opportunity to potentially compete and play for those guys. Um, I I remember Mike once time and he's, and believe it or not, he's never uh, been fans have never let go of this for whatever reason. He said, you know, something like, you know, I stake my career on Rex and John Beck or something along those lines. And, you know, I knew what he meant, right? He believed in you guys and he was going to give you every opportunity, but a lot of fans kind of, you know, said, Oh, like Mike Shanahan doesn't know what he's doing because you guys, you know, weren't able, you know, maybe there were some struggles. Like, do you remember when he said something like that? And 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 did it mean anything in particular to you? Did it put more pressure on you? Anything like that? Well, I I, I knew he had made a similar comment. Um, I think that he already expressed his belief early on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I tried to do everything I could at the facility, right? I tried sure. to do everything right. I tried to prepare myself the right way. You know, no coach is an idiot no coach is going to go out there. And if somebody's not showing well at practice or in the team scrimmages, or, I mean, they don't just sit there and go throw anybody out on the field, right? They don't make mm-hmm. a statement unless somebody's proving it at practice. You know, now you got to take what you prove at practice and you got to prove it in the games. Right. And look, could things have been better? Yes. Could things like, it would have been great if there would have been an off season. I remember Kyle early on saying, 
I, I you know, I, I want to have an opportunity to actually get to work with you. Uh, like you've been here, but I haven't even had that opportunity yet to really get to work with you like we wanted because of the lockout. But at the same time, hey, it's an open competition for right. whoever's going to play the best to lead our team, right? And so it wasn't like they weren't going to have a competition just because there wasn't an offseason, right? So they, you know, they they stayed with it. There was a, a competition that Rex and I went through there. Um, you know, was there pressure to perform? Uh, I, I know that I had high expectations for myself. I think as I reflect back on that time, um, because I had such high expectations and I wanted to follow through with all the things that I believed I could do and all the things that I knew coach Shanahan believed I could do. Of course I wanted to meet those. Mm -hmm. And I think in the circumstance that we were in as a team, looking back, you know, there were definite times I tried too hard. There are definite times I tried to play too perfect. Um, you know, it's not easy when you're out on the field and you fully recognize that a lot of the people that are out there with you are, 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 are young and, we were a very inexperienced team those three weeks that I became the starter. And mm -hmm. I was well aware of that during practices. And, you know, you can try to choose to like mask it. You can try to choose to, to, to not look at it. But I, you know, once you've been around the league for long enough, you know, the realities, right? Like I can't sit out there like a naive rookie that doesn't know really what's happening. That was what my fifth year in the league. Like yeah. I, I was well aware of the position our team was in. Uh, you know, when the head coach stands in front of the team and, yeah, we are battling injuries like I've never battled before. Like you're aware of it, right? And so I look back at those days of, you know, learning some really hard lessons of trying too hard, uh, you know, trying to meet expectations. My own expectations were probably mm -hmm. the highest ones, right? And, you know, I think any time that a coach steps out and says something uh, positive about a guy or says mm -hmm. they believe in a guy that hasn't done anything yet in the league, it's a pretty normal response by the fan base, right? Uh, like I was not a guy that had played in 50, 60 games. I hadn't thrown a hundred touchdowns. Right. I mean, I hadn't. So I think those were expected. I never expected the fan base to just welcome me with open arms and say, yeah, this is great. You know, I knew where I was coming from. I was a guy that, you know, had only played since his rookie year. And then it just tried to work really hard up to that point to hopefully have some good things happen and didn't work out that way. All right, once again, that is a portion of my conversation uh, with John Beck. Hope you've been enjoying that series. Please go back and check out the other segments uh, as we talked about John, obviously, with what he's doing post-career uh, with mechanics and Tom House uh, and throwing the football and throwing it with more efficiency and obviously working with uh, Zach Wilson uh, and as well um, Justin Fields as we get ready for the draft and Kyle Trask as well. This is the Locked on Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. We're here for Built Bar, you know, the Built Bar that is even more delicious, sir. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, because sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you can't have one. Uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp are the six newer flavors. 12 originals, some of my favorites, like mint brownie, double chocolate, uh, and as well, anything with peanut butter is A-OK -okay in my eyes. Don't forget the peanut butter brownie. Oh, so good. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And here's the best part, guys. They're good for you. They're low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great for any diet, including keto. So whatever you're on, Built Bar is where you have to go. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's April and Locked On NFL Network of Podcast is shifting into draft mode. April 19th through the 26th, tune in to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Wrapping up the week, wrapping up this episode, Chris and I, we're going to hit you with some betonline.ag prop bets. Chris, you want to kick off some of those props? Absolutely. Why don't we uh, start at the very top of the draft? Uh, probably no surprise here, but Trevor Lawrence, David, is 1 to 100 odds for the Jaguars to take him at number one. And you probably know Zach Wilson is number two at 12 to one. But did you know that Justin Fields and Panay Sewell are three and four? So not Mac Jones, not Trey Lance. Uh, Justin Fields comes in at 20 to one and Penesuel, the left tackle from Oregon comes in uh, at 25 to one. I'm sure you probably know who the number two overall pick is likely to be. It's well, Zach Wilson at one to 20, but you want to take a gander at how they look at bet online at the number two overall pick. If it's not Zach Wilson. Yeah. It's interesting there. Cause you had Justin Fields coming in at 17 to two odds and then Trey Lance, at 16 to one odds. And, and I mean, I kind of see that, I guess a lot of people have talked about Trey Lance being more of a fit uh, for Kyle Shanahan's offense. And then Panay Sewell coming in at 22 uh, to one odds, really going back to that first pick that one to 100 odds for, for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, to me, that sounds like the easiest way to make a dollar ever. You just throw a hundred dollars on Trevor Lawrence for the number one pick and you, you get a dollar back. So that might be the easiest dollar you ever earn in your life. <laughs> well, <laughs> That, that's a big return. Boy, I tell you, <laughs> that's funny. I'm more curious yeah. by the third pick overall that betonline.ag uh, put out. Mac Jones is one to two, the favorite right now, which again, you know, I don't yeah. know if I would go that hardcore. I mean, I know everybody thinks that's going to happen and it might, but I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make that big of a move up for Mac Jones. I could be wrong, um, but, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I see it. anything else surprise you in terms of uh, either the rest of the third pick overall odds, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, uh, or uh, I don't know, the first defensive player picked uh, in the 2021 NFL draft, which Bet Online has Patrick Sertan the second as the top dog in the clubhouse. So the odds for the third overall pick with Mac Jones leading the leading the pack there, I'm not completely surprised by just because that is that has become the dominant storyline is that the 49ers moved up to the third overall pick to select Mac Jones uh, because they just they want him they want their guy it's kind of you know go out and get your guy if that's the number one guy on your board or at least the number one guy on your board behind Trevor Lawrence then you go and you get your guy. It, it's it reeks of smokescreen to me to be quite honest with you but then i don't understand like there's really no reason for the 49ers to be putting out smoke screens because i i don't think they're gonna trick the jets into taking somebody else you know like 
It's not like you can say, like, oh, we want Mac Jones so much, so then the Jets say, man, they want Mac Jones so bad. He must be really awesome, guys. Let's take him instead. And then in reality, San Francisco's sitting there laughing as they take Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. Like, I feel like the Jets kind of know what they're going to do with, with Trevor Lawrence being uh, per, the, you know, the surefire number one overall pick to, to Jacksonville. Um, so I don't really understand where the smoke tree might be coming from. The New York Jets aren't trading out of pick number two, uh, especially after sending Sam, Sam Darnold out. So, I mean, it, it's like it doesn't feel right, but at the same time, there's no reason for it to be wrong. So it's, it's kind of a weird thing, but I wouldn't take that bet. I'm not going to take that bet on Mac Jones there at the third overall pick. I don't think I'm going to touch the third overall pick, but I am actually very interested in this first defensive player picked in the 2021 uh, NFL draft uh, prop bet that you just mentioned, Patrick Sertain the second uh, leading the way with five to six odds. And then Micah Parsons, a uh, top five talent in most drafts. But then again, you have some of those off-field issues that people are concerned about uh, coming in. J.C. Horn, another defensive back. Quiddy Pay. I'm not looking at him as the first guy. And then Jalen Phillips. I don't think either of those guys are going to be it. So for me, it comes down to Sertain, Parsons, or Horn. Typically, you're not looking at off-ball linebackers that high. Like when the Buccaneers drafted Devin White as high as they did, a lot of people called them crazy. But here they are winning a Super Bowl with him kind of leading the way on that defense. So maybe that's going to squash mm-hmm. some people's opinions. I think if I have to make a pick here, I'm going to go with Patrick Sertain the second. I'm going to take those five to six odds, but it's not with a whole lot of confidence. Understood. Understood. Uh, just wrapping up uh, this uh, couple of over-under draft positions. Uh, you going over-under 11.5 on Heisman winner Devontae Smith. I'm going under. Okay. Without a lot of confidence on that one either, but I'm going right. under. <laughs> uh, Jamar Chase, the outstanding receiver from LSU, over-under six. Uh, under absolutely Jalen Waddle from Alabama over under 11 and a half I can see Jalen Waddle going a little bit higher and I know that a lot of people Same talk about me. how much yeah uh, so we would both go over on that one right yeah yeah I just I think that injury is gonna is gonna scare a lot of people especially yep. not being able to see him as much this year as you would want to I think that thing is going to scare some people. And I think he fall he falls a little bit uh Justin Fields over under four and a half <sighs> See, that goes in with the belief that the 49ers aren't going to select him. Like, if the 49ers don't select him, then I think he could go over. But I feel like – I just I just feel like he's going – I can't imagine Mac Jones going – being the third quarterback off the board. Right, here. right. Um, I'm going to go under, but, again, just, just kind of trying to figure out the potential smoke screen coming out of San Francisco here doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to go under just because that's what my gut says. I'm going to go hard under on that one because I just, you know, even though I don't think Justin Fields is the perfect prospect by any means, uh, I mean, these guys all have flaws. But, again, quarterback with some athleticism, big game against Clemson, all of that's, you know, I, I think even though he's got some flaws, I think people are going to overlook it just because they think they have to have uh, the quarterback. And even if Atlanta – um, you know, Atlanta could dump out of that. Uh, we touched about, you know, to the Washington football team or a number of other teams. All right, David, and one more. How about Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama, over under 32 and a half? Yeah, I think it's under. I think, I mean, to me, like I am, I am actually might go make that bet as soon as we're done recording. Uh, I don't see Najee Harris getting out of the first round. I know there's been some talk and some speculation that there actually may not be any running backs taken in the first round this year, which I think would be crazy. But honestly, to me, if Najee Harris is sitting there on the board at 32, then the Buccaneers are taking him. That's just kind of the way I look at it. Even though the, the the potential lack of return of Antonio Brown could possibly change that whole thing. Uh, James and I are actually going to be talking that on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, if anybody's interested in that. But I do, right now, I feel like if Najee Harris is on the board at 32, 
he is the ultimate Bruce Arians running back. I don't think he escapes Tampa Bay. I I love what you just said there, and I agree. Even with Fournette? Yeah, even with Fournette, because Fournette's on a one-year deal, and Fournette doesn't okay. do enough in the passing game. I think Najee Harris comes in as the – looking at that running back group, you got Rojo, Leonard Fournette, and Keyshawn Vaughn, their, their third-round pick from Vanderbilt mm-hmm. last year. I think Najee Harris comes in day one as the best receiving back in that group. We'll get more into these odds and first-round props next week right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Built Bar, uh, and as well, betonline.ag. And thanks to you, as always, for listening all week, for downloading, subscribing, rating, reviewing, uh, and being with us. If there's anything you'd like to see on the show, please reach out. Uh, You can follow the podcast at LockedWFTPod, at LockedWFTPod. You can follow David on Twitter at DHarrison82, at DHarrison82, me, at Russell May. 621 at WrestleMania 621. David, that's going to do it for us this week. Have a great weekend, my friend, and have a great weekend, everyone else. We're drawing closer to the NFL draft right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.